Welcome to the Forging Metal Podcast with your blacksmiths, Tara O'Brien and Ron Duran Jr. Come inside and grab your hammer. The fire is hot and ready. It's time to harden up. Let's get to work. The forge is now open. Welcome to our December 30th show as we round the corner going into the new year. We are, what, 10 shows in? That's 10 amazing stories, 10 amazing people sharing their wisdom with us over the last couple of months. We have talked to world-class athletes, disease survivors, people overcoming blindness, divorce, depression, body images, uh, image issues, anger, grief over the loss of loved ones. I mean, we've talked to female combat pilots, Olympic and World Series athletes, mental wellness and mindfulness coaches, and a lot of them are best-selling authors and public speakers. And what an amazing, I mean, wow, an, an amazing journey that I did not expect to come out of talking with some of these incredible people. And as we come to the end of 2020, Ron and I kind of decided that Probably one of the best ways to go into exit this year and go into the new year with our podcast is to just do a recap, kind of a year in review based on some of the things that we've gone through, some sharing some personal stories, but also recapping some of the conversations that we've had with these amazing people and share with you some of the tools if you haven't listened to the shows or you just need a quick reminder going into 2021, some of the tools that you can put in your box and use for this next crazy year, which will probably be potentially a little bit crazier than last year. So we are going to share that with you and some of the incredible things from these wickedly smart people that, that we're so appreciative of. And let's just get, let's get rolling. That sounds good. I, I like the way you say that. I'm going to just start with that. I want to start with this idea. You know, I, I wish I came up, I wish I coined this uh, before Tim Ferriss did, but he wrote a book called Tribe of Mentors. And, and if you're not familiar with that book, it's a wonderful book. And what it is really is, uh, if you're not familiar, Tim Ferriss is, is a very uh, well-known podcaster. And so he wrote a book. It's about, I got to be honest, it's about three inches thick. And all it is, is, you know, little two, three, four, five pages from each guest, or at least the guests that he thought were impactful. And, and he calls it tribe of mentors. And I feel like as we've gone down this path, Tara and I, with podcasting only, you know, we're only 10 shows, 11, this is our 11th show. And I'm just marveling at how much I've learned already. And I think Tara would probably agree with me on that, that there are so many things that, that all those guests that Tara was talking about that I'm already starting to put into action in my life. And, and I just, I, I, you can't see me smiling right now, but I'm smiling thinking what's going to, how smart am I going to be? How big is my brain going to be after a hundred of these shows or 200 of these shows? I think that's been a fun surprise for me in 2020 and just really starting this podcast. I would say for, for me, 2020 has been the year of the podcast. And not only because Tara and I have created this podcast, but I never listened to podcasts before 2020 and I've started to consume them. And gosh, how much fun is this? I, I, not only do I get to participate in one, but I also get to learn from a lot of really smart people out there and get inspired. You know, the reason I go to podcasts is to get, in, get inspired. And we're hoping that's what we're doing for you. This podcast really is built on that idea that when you get done t- 
to, you know, listening to our podcast that you're fired up, you're ready to go. You're inspired to go out there and take on those hard things. What can you say about this year? It's been absolutely bonkers, right? If you just say a once in a century pandemic, that's enough to say, I'll never forget that year. But then we had a contentious, you know, presidential election. We had racial unrest, violence, rioting. I mean, it goes on and on. And, and it's tested us, right? It's tested our metal this year. And some people have responded well. Some have not. And, uh, you know, I, I, one of the podcasts that I listened to is Finding Mastery with uh, Michael Gervais. And he said something, one of his guests asked him, how do you think we're doing as a society? And, and his words uh, were somewhere along the lines of, I don't think we're doing well. He goes, I don't think we're passing this test well as a, a society. But he also kind of spun that around and, and the guest asked him, how do you think you're doing? And he said, I'm built, I was built for this. And I feel like I'm kind of in that, that category myself and not to say I haven't struggled and not to say I still don't struggle, you know, not every day is perfect, but I, I have tools in my toolbox that I think make me more well-equipped for this year. And, and so a lot of what we'd like to talk about on this podcast is centered on those tools, right? How can you be more mentally tough and, and have that grit and that resilience that you need to get through the storms of life? And so I know Tara has been reading a book that kind of is, is on this topic of how do you deal with those, maybe those obstacles or those crucibles that uh, are thrown in your way? Well, actually 2020 has been a really great year for reading in general. I feel like it, it we've gotten so much time back in some ways, depending on you know, who you are and, and what your day looks like. But for me, I'm beyond grateful for the amount of reading I've been able to do. And the the last book that I'm kind of reining in the end of the year, it just felt appropriate, is a reread. And it's called The Obstacle is the Way, which is such an incredible book to read at the end of this year. <laughs> because I would say one of the, the biggest things I've learned this year, working with a lot of people that are struggling through this pandemic, struggling through crisis, struggling working from home, teaching kids at home. I mean, this is kind of my social circle and my professional circle is that I have really been able to step back and kind of analyze and watch how people handle crisis. I definitely had that opportunity 12 years in the military because there's a lot of crisis that goes on, especially when you're going through two wars. It's amazing to watch how people handle crisis. And one of the entrepreneurs that I worked with early in the year when the, the crisis first hit said to me, you know what, this is a, this is a crisis-tunity, right? This is, a, this <laughs> is a, a crisis builds opportunity. And I think it's been really interesting to see the people that resist that and the people that embrace it and the people that are, that are just starting to embrace it. So I think if, if you could get the chance, it's a quick read. The obstacle is the way we'll throw it in the show notes, pick it up. It, it's a good inspiration to kind of set your narrative. It helps you reset the narrative in your brain. And it shows you what a lot of hard people have done and how they've pulled out the best in, in their experiences to not only make it through, whether through some of these difficult challenges of 2020 and what we're looking at for 2021, but to completely succeed during these these situations so 
What, what, that's a great book. I, I've read that book. I think it's Ryan, Ryan Holiday is the author and it's, it's based very much on a stoic philosophy, stoicism, right? which, yep. which is, is kind of a, I don't know, an operating system. Yeah. Operating system for my life. And uh, part of that was driven by me reading. I've read all of Ryan Holiday's books. He's got three books in his series now and uh, they're all good. And I, I want to go back to what you were saying when I was talking to my students a lot this, you know, not, not only this semester, but last semester, you know, the last nine, 10 months, I said, this is, this is like the best psychology experiment you could ever oh, imagine. I, I, I told them, I go, I like to just kind of like what you're saying, Tara, I like to just observe and watch the way people are, are behaving. Not always good, but, but sometimes very good. You know, I, I don't want to make it sound like we've, we've failed miserably. I think some people have, and I'm not afraid to say that I think some people have failed miserably at this. I don't want that to sound harsh. If you are struggling mightily with this, I, I, I'm not, my message is not to judge you. This is tough for everybody. I, I think somebody said it well, just making it through 2020, call that a victory. And I would agree. If you're doing well, call that, you know, the, the cherry on top of the, the Sunday and say, that's a good thing. But, but I think all of us that are, that are getting by and, and surviving this, I, I think we, we all deserve credit for that. I would say, give me a call. Let's talk. Maybe I can give you some tools uh, to help you to manage this better. You know, one of the, the, the main premises of uh, stoicism is understand what you can control and understand what you can't. There's many things right now that we can't control. And you can spend your energy fighting against those, or you can say, I'm going to accept this. I'm going to make the best of it. And, and I'm going to take it one day at a time. And I think that, I think to me, that is, that's what's helped me as we've, as we've gone through this. Because again, I still have days that I struggle. I struggle a lot right at the beginning and in March, April, and even into May, it was rough. I felt like I was Rocky Balboa fighting Apollo Creed. And, you know, I was getting... I was getting rocked with a lot of punches. I was on the ropes. I was, I was staggering and I went through my peanut M&M phase. <laughs> I don't know how big those bags of peanut M&Ms are. I think they're five pound bags. And I got, I mine got was, one. Of, mine was red vines. I, uh, I, I went through, uh, while you were doing the peanut M&Ms. Mine were red vines, right? Geez. It's like the nervous, the nervous candy. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, was emotional totally. eating. I was distressed and, and I, and I felt better when I had my five pounds of peanut M&Ms. And then I got through that bag and then I bought another one. And early in the year, I was not doing well. And I remember on Memorial Day, I seen a video, uh, a friend of mine videoed me doing some push-ups for 20 push-ups a day for veterans uh, suicide. And she, vo- she, she videoed me and I said, holy crap, am I fat? <laughs> and said, I, I got to lose some weight. That was, that was, that was when the, it, kind of the light bulb went off for me that, that I needed to turn things around. And I have. But again, I just want to say that even, you know, just, just this week, I've had, I've had a bad day. And, and it just, I think that's the way it goes. We're not built for this. Human beings are not built for this kind of isolation. And I think allowing for that is, is what has really helped me. And I have grace for that idea that not every day is going to be a good day. Some days I'm going to struggle. Is one of the things that, that's worked well for me is don't let one bad day turn into two. Man, what I mean by this is I'm very hard on myself. This is my self-talk that I've been trying to wrestle with for a while now, and I'm getting better at it. But when I have a bad day, I'm very hard on myself in my self-talk. 
And if I, I, I've learned that when I'm really hard on myself, I turn that, that bad day into a second bad day because I feel bad the next day that I wasn't as productive as I thought I should be the day before. And then if, you, if you're not careful, it'll turn into a string of days. And so now I, I try, I make, a, I make a real effort to say, okay, is this really a bad day or am I just not, can I push through this? And I try to gently push through it. And I want to be very careful in a pandemic, everything should be gentle, gently try to push through it. If you can't get there, let it go. Just accept this is not going to be a good day. Anything I get done today is a good thing. And just say, you know what? I'm a human being. It's okay. And tomorrow's going to be better. And when I do this, almost always the next day is better. If I can allow myself to have that moment of, of, of just being a human being and not being a robot, I'm not a cyborg and neither are you. And so to allow yourself to do that, I think is important. And so I don't know, Tara, if you, maybe you can relate to that or is there something else that you would offer as, as help you get through this? I will tell you, I love the fact that you said gently push through things. And you know this about me. One thing that I have really honed in on in this past year, as I've been watching how people respond to different things and how I myself, as I'm reflecting on my behavior, how I respond to things, I have really tuned in and almost become an obsessive passion of mine to figure out the power of the narrative that we have in our brains. And that's what you're talking about by the self-talk, the negative self-talk. I have done some really different workshops for both entrepreneurs and international business people and some students at the university on things like imposter syndrome, on things like how do we motivate ourselves during crisis and how do we motivate our teams? So I, I'm really glad because this is all necessary. People are asking for this knowledge right now. I'm really glad that you brought up push gently because part of fixing or adjusting or fine tuning the narrative in our minds and the story that we are telling ourselves when it rains outside, is it a depressing day or is it a beautiful day? That narrative can actually completely steal our power or it can completely fuel us to be our best. And it's all within the control of yourself. It's actually one of the few things we can control, but when we fail at it to beat ourselves up over it, right? The negative self-talk that Ron's talking about is three times as damaging and completely useless and wasted energy. Many of our podcasts are built around narrative. You can listen to those. In fact, we'll um, give you a taste of a podcast that airs next week in, during this show. We'll give you a taste of a soundbite from Todd Stottlemyre and talking about the things we can control in the narrative of our own minds. So be gentle, as Ron says, pass that word along to people, be kind and don't beat yourself up for the shit that you're not doing well, or that you think you're failing at. This is, this is so powerful. Could it be put in the bucket of mindset? And I feel like it can, you know, when we talk about narrative, we talk about story and then we talk about self-talk, it's all mindset. And if you change your mindset, you change your life. You know, you've heard of these cliches, right? But, but let, me, let me say something that, that gets lost sometimes with, with this conversation is this is not about positive thinking and totally saying, I'm just going to think, you know, happy, warm it's thoughts really and, yeah, no. and, and everything in life's going to be great. And, and this was a big push. This positive thinking thing was a big push, in the, I believe, in the 70s, and it failed miserably. It also brings to mind the Stockdale Paradox. If you're not familiar with the Stockdale Paradox, it fits so well with what we're doing. 
in 2020. The Stockdale paradox is this was about James Stockdale was in the Hanoi Hilton, Vietnam prisoner of war camp, obviously during the war, and was there for roughly seven years as the, the senior ranking uh, officer. And he ended up coming out of that ordeal, winning the Congressional Medal of Honor. And so I would say very much, if you don't know his story, you should go out and, and poke around and, and read about him. But he's an amazing man. But they asked him when he got out, could you tell who was not going to survive? And he said, yeah, the ones that had optimism. The ones that said, we're going to be out of this by Easter. And then Easter rolled around and they weren't out. Or they said, we're going to be out by Christmas. And then Christmas came and went and they still weren't out. And it crushed their spirits. It crushed their souls. And they, they eventually just gave up. And so here's, here's why it's called a paradox. It's not that optimism is not important. It's not that positive thinking is not important, but you got to mix it with the, the reality of the situation. And yes, have optimism that you're going to get through this. And whether it's a, and again, let's, let's be very clear about this. I am not comparing 2020 to being in the Hanoi Hilton and what, you know, Admiral Stockdale went through totally, you know, not even on the same, you know, wavelength, but we've got to, we've got to steal ourselves that the reality is we don't know when we're coming out of this. It could be by Easter. It could be next year. I don't know, but have optimism. We're going to come out of it, but also know that the reality is we don't, we just don't know. There's too much uncertainty. And so be positive, be optimistic, but also mix in a, a healthy dose of reality and and face that because otherwise you're setting yourself up for really to, you know, for failure. And I see a lot of people doing yeah. this right now. I see a lot of people saying, we'll be back to normal by, you know, oh, X okay. month. And, you know, I have my ideas, my thoughts, but I have no idea. Tara and I disagree on when that, when the one that month is, but. <laughs> I I'd say we're I, in it for another two years, for sure, without a doubt. And Ron does not like that answer. In ultra running, we say, we try to set a pace that we say, I could do this all day long. And I, I feel like I'm in that right now. If this goes to April, that's great. If it goes to two years down the road, I can do that too. I won't enjoy it all the way through, but but I, I think I could I could make it make it happen. So maybe something to think about. Just have that optimism that, and that positive attitude and spin the story. You know, as they say in Buddhism, it's not good, it's not bad, it just is. You know, you can look at it however you want. I I, I sometimes well, right now, as we set into winter, I know a lot of people say, I can't run outdoors anymore uh, because it's winter and it's cold and it's icy. And I said, uh, have you, you have tried? to say about that, right? <laughs> I, I said, you ha- have you tried to do this? I, I spent 39 consecutive days last January and February running outside. I think I, I did some single digit runs. Yes, you know, you can look at that as, as being a bad thing or you can say, oh, this is pretty cool. You know, you just get bundled up, you wear the right clothes and it's it's great to be outside and it's actually kind of fun. And so again, it just depends, you know, kind of going back to this terror story. Is rain good or bad? I, I grew up near the Seattle area. I say rain's bad. I know a lot of people will say, I love rain and, and they love overcast days. And I go, yeah, I don't, I don't get that. But that's my story. They have a different story. They say that rain and overcast is great. I say sunshine and, and no clouds is, is great. So it, it all depends on how you want to interpret things and, and how you want to tell the story. So I'm going to end that with the tool to walk away from. And this is this is not my tool. I didn't come up with this. This is actually Ryan Holiday's from The Obstacle is the Way. And when, you, when you're trying to find uh, what he calls the discipline in your perception, which I just love that, 
I have that written on my whiteboard now, the discipline in your perception and you're trying to see a disaster regardless of what it is, if it's personal, if it's what's going on in the world right now, rationally, here's his couple of different steps to think about, right? Number one, be objective. Two, control your emotions and keep an even keel. Choose how to see the good in a situation, even if it feels impossible. It's like uh, doing a mental push-up, right? Every single time something negative is happening, see if you can find the good in that situation. Steady your nerves. Ignore, I love this one, ignore what disturbs others. So whatever disturbs and limits other people, learn from that and try not to follow the crowd. This will help you place things in perspective. It will help you revert to the present moment. This is another big one that I've spent time on this year uh, that I have failed and neglected in years past, but reverting to the present moment only, not living in the future or the past. And the last one is to focus on what can and cannot be controlled. And these are the ways to actually go through, according to Ryan Holiday, disaster rationally and reframe the narrative in your mind. I want, I want, to, I want to pause for a second on, on Mr. Holiday's list there. And, and let, me, let me throw this back at you, Tara. I did this, this exercise when the pandemic first hit with my students. And I said, tell me something good about this. And I tell you what, a lot of them looked at me like, you know, with this quizzical look on their face, like, what do you mean good? There's nothing good about this. And so Tara, what, what is, what is good about this? What have you felt like that's been a good thing that's come out of this? Time. I think what I've heard from my colleagues, what I have felt, I allowed myself to feel it for a few months before I pulled myself out of it. And what I've heard from a lot of entrepreneurs is that they are, this is the busiest year they've ever had. Everyone is so busy, so busy that it's impossible to draw the line between uh, work, life, balance, non-balance, schooling kids, anxiety, fear, work, 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 no one's sleeping, no one's got time to eat, everybody's burned out. This is what I've been hearing nonstop. And I actually... And I, I, I empathize with all of that. I have, like I said, had a few months this year that I definitely fell into that trap and it is a trap. I, I firmly believe it's a trap. What I have found to be incredibly amazing about 2020 is we do actually have a lot more time. If you think about all the time that we spent out socializing and driving to and from work and walking to and from or driving to and from business meetings that we don't have anymore. We have a lot of extra time on our hands, even though we don't believe, or some of us don't believe we do. I think for me, it's been the incredible journey of actually f- honing in and realizing that that time exists and then what to do with it. And one of my big, not that I'm into New Year's resolutions, but one of my goals for next year is to put more time, more of that time, because I think we're going to be stuck with the same amount of time is into creativity and less into mindless entertainment. Mm. So I'm looking forward to that. That is awesome. I felt some of that as well. You know, I was just thinking not only the time I have saved from commuting and even though my commute's a a pretty short nine mile commute these days, you know, the miles I, I have not put on my vehicle, the gas I have not bought, the oil changes I have not had to do. I wonder 
this is me just kind of thinking out loud is, can we hold on to some of this? There's some of this is good. You know, there's times when I get into a flow state and I'm so focused that I don't remember ever really getting into much very often in the office. And I can, I'm getting pretty good at getting into that now, you know, as I work from home. And I wonder, can we bottle that up and not let that go? When we get back to this, this world of normal, you know, where we can go back and, and everything's under control with, with the pandemic and we're back to what we would call normal. What Will we all just rush back to the office or will we try to take the good that's coming out of, the, of 2020 and combine it with the good of 2019? And, and one of the things that I, that I started thinking about, and this is just my radical idea, uh, is could we, maybe we work from home three days a week, three out of five days, we work from home. And then maybe we have two days where we go into the office where we get that social connection. We get the, the you know, the, the water cooler talk. We get the meetings that we need. And then we go back to our heads down, deep focus work at home. Could we have a hybrid model? And then I also think about what if we work from home completely, but we just had social events that we went to and that's how we connected with our coworkers. So we would go have, you know, maybe the, the, the company would, would rent out a, a space for us to just go have a couple hours of social time. I, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I'm, I'm a guy that likes to think in radical terms and say, how, how could we take the good and combine it with, you know, again, before pre-COVID. So I don't know. If you're an entrepreneur out there and you're starting up a company, maybe you think about ways that, how could you, how could you get the best of both worlds from this? Because I do believe Absolutely, without question, there's some good that's come out of this. And I think that deep focus work is one of the things that, that I also have felt just like Tara. So maybe you're feeling that too, or maybe you say that there's, I, I got three screaming kids and I can't get any focused work done at home. Uh, I get that too. Noise canceling headphones are great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have kids, so I shouldn't even, I shouldn't even say I get it though that that sometimes the, your environment at home is is not even close to being what you need. But again, I would I would ask you, I, all the listeners, I would say, what think about that. If you haven't thought about that already, think about what good has come out of this year. And if you can't think of anything, I would say try harder because I think there's something out there. There's some nuggets out there of some good, even in this horrible horrible year. So oh, all right, I give you. Total, total props, total props to that. And I remember telling uh, my students a couple months ago, we are now, the whole world is an entrepreneur, right? And if you ever thought that wasn't your journey, we are all entrepreneurs now because of what you just said, Ron. Everybody has a problem, if not many problems facing them every day now. And an entrepreneur's journey is to take a problem and make a solution to it a better solution than the one that is kind of stopping them, the obstacle, right? So everybody, and maybe that's what 2021 is, find your entrepreneur within yourself and fix whatever crap it is that you don't like. Find a solution to the crap you don't like. I think just be creative. Don't give up. Try to, I always say you should be the, you, you're the CEO of a company of one. And you, you need to you know, figure out what works best for you. And so I would push back quite honestly, yeah, I'm not going to get forced back into the office like like most people because I've I've worked hard to have a life where I don't have to work that kind of that way. But I, I would say I've learned some things about how I work best. And I, if I was getting pulled back into the office, I would have some very um, serious conversations with my boss and saying, "Okay, I know how I work best because of the pandemic, and I want to continue this." 
and I want to continue this in the office. And will you work with me on this? That's that would be my advice to to have that conversation with your boss. And if you frame it the right way, say, hey, I'm going to be more productive if you if you allow me to do this. And, and what I'm ta- kind of talking about is I, I shift back. I've been experimenting with shifting between what I would call high cognitive load and low cognitive load. And so things I have to think hard about and things I don't have to think hard about. Thinking hard where, where I'm going head down and I'm, I'm doing something that, that I have to kind of, you know, use some horsepower, some brain horsepower. Uh, that I cannot do that for eight hours straight. None of us can, by the way. If I were to tell you to, to take a three pound weight and do uh, bicep curls for eight hours, what would you say to me? You would say, well, that's just crazy, Ron. I can't do that. Well, then why do we think we can do that with our brain? We need to give it time to rest, right? And so I've been playing around with, if I am heads down, high cognitive load for an hour, I take a break. You know, I do the dishes, I fold some laundry, I do something that, that I don't have to think about. And so I let the brain rest and then I can recharge and then I go back to the deep work. And I, again, I keep it limited and then I take a break. I never did that in the office. And so I would, I would try to take that into the office if, if I was going back. So, so on that note, let's hear from some of the guests that we really loved in these last uh, 10 podcasts. Some of these you, you might recall from listening to the shows and others that might, ju- you maybe haven't heard these yet. And we will, like I said, air one clip from someone that you haven't heard from yet. He'll be on the podcast next week. Ron, tell us about Leslie. Leslie was our episode uh, number two. She was our first actual guest. And I had several of my friends text me or email me and say, gosh, I'd love to listen to Leslie talk. She has such a great accent. And I couldn't agree more. If you haven't listened to that podcast, you'll you'll be entertained just by the by the accent alone, I think. The Scottish accent's everything, right? Yeah, it, it is. And it's it's I always laugh that it took me a while when she was my coach to to I think I needed an interpreter sometimes. But I, I want to kind of go back to her her episode that we didn't really get deep into, but but she just strikes a chord with me. She talks about let's listen to a clip. She's going to talk about essentially what she's really talking about is the hero's journey. And this comes, she didn't say this in the podcast, but this really does come from Joseph Campbell and uh, Joseph Campbell. I'm going to post a couple of links in the, in the show notes for some of his books, but, but he really influenced George Lucas when George Lucas was writing Star Wars. And you can see what Joseph Campbell called the hero's journey. You can see this unfold in, in all the Star Wars movies especially prevalent in The Empire Strikes Back. But that's what Leslie's talking about in this clip. So let's listen to this clip. When you're faced with the race that you think you're going to bomb and you're feeling that uh, imposter syndrome and not going to make it through, and yet it ends up being the best race you've ever had. Why? Like, why, why do you think that now looking back? Because I stopped thinking about the outcome. And I started to break it down and see that the beauty of what I was doing was in the mastery of the craft. Wow. And the mastery of the craft only comes by hitting your head against a brick wall many, many times. You have good days, you have bad days, but you, you break down the bad days, you understand why, you relish them, you see that as part of your journey. You're building this superhero. And the superhero needs, like in any film, they need to have their, you know, all is lost moment. Now, what I want to bring to your attention is notice how she talks about we're building up a superhero. 
And every superhero has that moment when, when all is lost. And what do you do in that moment? And this is, I think this is important. And this is important. I've seen this play out. Well, not seen. I have experienced this in my life. And I'll, I'll share uh, my story here. But you see this in movies, right? Uh, it's funny that if you watch a Sylvester Stallone movie, I know the script is everybody knows what's going to happen, right? Rocky's going to win at the end. Everybody makes fun of it, but I still am amazed how people get drawn into the drama of the, all, the moment where everything is lost. And every Rocky movie has it. And I was, ro- I was watching the, you know, the, most, the most recent one, I think it's the most recent one, Creed II. And if you haven't seen it, this might be a little bit of a spoiler, but Adonis Creed, is, is, he's, he's, he's been beaten very badly by Ivan Drago's uh, son. And it wasn't even close. And it almost kills... Adonis Creed and Adonis Creed wants a rematch and everybody in Adonis's world is saying no why would you risk your life for this and why you know why would this is his moment this is his moment when all is lost and of course you know how it's going to play out because you've seen enough Rocky movies to know but what do you do in that moment you know all of us are faced with whether it's that obstacle that, that, you know, Ryan Holiday and, and uh, Tara are talking about, or it's a crucible as, as Bill George would call it, you know, whatever word you want to use, but it's that moment that you either retreat back to your either former or current self, or you move forward into a new self. What do you do in that moment? And I'm going to tell you right now, as I, I just signed up for the Leadville 100 mile run again, I did it in 2019 or I, I, I attempted it. I got 50 miles into it and they basically told me, Hey, Ron, you're not fast enough. You can't continue. And that's the way it works in, in these races. You get time cutoffs. And so I made it 50 miles in and got cut. And I always say the only time running 50 miles at, at altitude is not a good thing is when you're trying to run a hundred. <laughs> I'm proud of that 50 miles, but I also failed miserably. When you're trying to run 100 miles, and by the way, it wasn't even close. Uh, I, I wasn't close to the cutoff. It wasn't like I missed it by 10 minutes. Uh, it, was, it was over an hour that I missed the cutoff. So I wasn't even close to getting where I wanted to go. And I said I was done. After that race, I said, I'm done. I'm retiring. I, I gave it a shot. This is not my thing. That was my moment when all is lost. I could have easily gone back to who I was. And now this year, I'm signing up to try it again because I want to become a different person. And I think this is the, this is the moment, again, that this is the moment for me. And maybe you can look back on your life and see those moments where maybe you retreated and maybe you advanced. But I think this is the difference between the people that are successful in life. And I should put successful in quotes because you decide what successful means to you. It's not always about money. But what does that look like for you? I was watching the Garth Brooks special on uh, Netflix uh, recently. This is, by the way, this is when I decided I was going to go back to Leadville. In the movie or in the, in the two-part documentary with Garth Brooks, which highly recommend, it, it's, it's touching. By the way, if you guys don't know Garth Brooks, most people don't realize this. He is the number one recording artist of all time. Not the Beatles, not Elvis. Not, uh, you know, it's not Madonna. You can pick whoever you want. No, it's Garth Brooks. So he's kicking butt in his hometown. I think it's Stillwater, Oklahoma. He's kicking butt at the the local bars, you know, just packing them in and everybody's going, wow, this guy's talented. And so he didn't have the money to go to Nashville. And if you want to make it, you got to go to Nashville. 
So everybody chipped in in town. They, they pitched in some money, almost like a GoFundMe account uh, before GoFundMe was a real thing. And they sent him off. He basically went off to Nashville to become a star. I think he made it three days and came back with his tail tucked between his legs. And he came back and he was talking. He was go, went back to playing the bars and, and somebody came up to him and said, hey, how'd it, how'd it go, Garth? What, what happened? And he, go, and he said, you know what? It's, it's probably better that I just stay here and, and I can do well and, and this and that. Garth said he expected the guy to be mad because he donated money to him to go to Nashville to be a star. And he wasn't mad. And all he did is he, he looked at Garth and he says, are you going back? And that, in that moment, Garth said, yep, I am. And in that moment, I decided then I was going to go back to Leadville. What's my point to the story? You want to be a Garth Brooks. You want to do great things in life. you got to face that moment when all is lost and you gotta, you got to take the next step. You can't retreat back to this previous self. You've got to move forward. And it's okay if you fail again, but just going through that crucible, I think that is going to be, when you get to the end of your life, that's going to be the thing you're proud of. Which takes me into the another lesson that we learned not too long ago from, from a guest that you'll hear from in our podcast next week on control the controllables, right? So Todd Stottlemyre, if you've heard of him, two-time World Series champion for the Toronto Blue Jays, multiple-time author, breaks it down and gets super real with us, which is exciting, about his battle, uh, long-term battle, with massive anger issues. Like, I think one of his quotes are, if there was a dog pile on the field, I was at the bottom of it because he started the fight every single time. And um, known in the media as, as someone that kind of picked a few here and there. And he comes on to talk about how he made that transition in his life. He talks a lot about gratitude and fulfillment and wealth and what those two things mean. Won't spoil too much of that, but his father, who actually, Ron, you knew, you you went to his father, Mel Stottlemyre's yeah, baseball yeah. camp when you were a kid. He has just the most incredible stories and to tell about his father. I mean, it, as you, you know, read his books and, and hear the podcast next week, you'll see that he ha- he speaks pretty fondly of his dad. His dad is basically his hero and recently passed. But I love what he says in this one story that we'll give you a preview of about his father around controlling the controllables and basically being a honey badger and not worrying about what the rest of what's happening around you is. And so this is Todd. He had a way of focusing on the right things. He, matter of fact, he would like, you know, uh, there was a time we were young kids and I tell the story a lot and, and it was my, my brother Mel Jr. and myself and my father and we were in this little trailer and we were up in the mountains and we were big avid outdoorsmen and, and we're in the middle of the Cascade Mountains and there's a massive storm and snow and wind and everything and trees are falling and my dad is in the camper sleeping and he's snoring and and then, and then there's me and my brother, we were teenagers. And, and my brother's like, man, do you hear that tree fall? I'm like, yeah, man, I hope one doesn't fall on us and this and that, and we can't sleep. And we finally wake my father up and we're like, dad, he's like, how can you sleep? And he goes, look guys, whether you're awake or sleep, if a tree falls, same result, I can't control it. 
So I'm not going to worry about something I can't control. Here's what I can control. I can control how much sleep I'm going to get tonight. I'm going to go ahead and get my sleep so that when I wake up and you guys are exhausted, I'm going to be ready to go out into the outdoors. He did that with everything. Everything. He always found the good and he never focused on things he couldn't control. Are we focusing on things we can or can't control? Because the things that we're focusing on that we can't control are going to drive us crazy, right? And it's going to steal what? What's it going to steal? It's going to steal our joy. I think this is a perfect message right now because there, there is so much going on in the world and in our lives that we just cannot control. And again, I go back to this concept of control your narrative in your brain because that you absolutely do have the power and control over what's going on in politics what's going on with the pandemic when am i going to get my oh god my vaccine right for covid am i going to get sick am i not these these things are not within our control but damn are they creating a ton of anxiety and non-productive behavior which i know it's 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 probably hard to hear like yeah, well, how are we supposed to feel? Some people might say that. And, and it is, you're not supposed to feel anything, but you can choose to feel one way over another. Yeah, gosh. I use a, a metaphor in, in my coaching of you, you know, it's basically this, this idea that you're a captain of a ship and can you control the storms? Can you control the wind? Can you control the currents? You know, all those things. No, you can't control that. But what you can control is how you steer the ship. And so for all of us, yeah, the, the storm is raging right now, much like Mel Stottlemyre and Todd's story, it's raging outside, but you know what? That's not my control. And, and so I'm not going to, I'm not going to focus my energy there because I only have, you know, the energy is, is, is not an inexhaustible resource and you only have so much of it. And so be careful where you're going to spend it. And by allowing yourself to, to spend a lot of your energy on things you can't control, leaves you with no energy to do things that you can, you can do. And so I know that sounds simple and it really, it, it, quite honestly, it is simple. It's a simple concept, but I, as I like to say in, in leadership, it's simple in concept, but it's difficult in execution. I get that, but I'm confident that you can do this more days than not. I would say, again, let's go back to what we said at the beginning. Expect you're going to fall down. Expect you're going to stumble. You're not always going to be able to rein those emotions in you know, sometimes they get away from you, even for people that are well-trained in this. And so I think that message needs to be said again to give yourself grace for those, for those moments. Let's go to one of our other favorites, which is uh, podcast number five, John Fitch. Time off beyond just for the sake of recharging. It's actually these practices that we do outside of work are noble because they increase the saturation of life they increase the saturation of our soul. And how much is that worth? Yeah, gosh, John, again, if you haven't listened to the episode, great, great guy, a friend of mine. And one of the things that, that's come out of this, as I was building my neuro leadership course at the university, I studied something called the Healthy Mind Platter that was developed by Dr. David Rock. And it really fits in well with what John Fitch was talking about. If you haven't listened to the podcast, he's talking about rest ethic. He's talking about another word that he used that I, that I kind of like better is noble leisure. And, and we can't always be on and we have to recharge and we need to step back and take care of ourselves. 
take care of our mental health. And please do not ignore this. Not only just now in 2020, but but this is this is not going away. We we need to spend more intentional time in, in time off. And so this healthy mind platter was again developed by Dr. David Rock. It talks about sleep time, you know, physical time. I think those are pretty obvious. Focus time. That that's that sweet spot in between boredom and overstimulation. Can I can I get into maybe what we might call a flow state? The connecting time. Do I connect with other people? I know that's tough right now. But if you're creative, I think there's ways that you can find to connect with others. Play time. How much do we, it's amazing during the pandemic, how much more I play with my dog than I used to. And, I, and I've found that it's, it's really nice for me to do that. I was always too busy before to, to take any time, whether it's your dog or your kids, or, or maybe you just dance in the kitchen while you're making dinner. It doesn't matter. Just, just mix in a little bit of play time. Downtime. This is something I've gotten really good at. <laughs> Downtime is the idea that you have no intention. You're just being. You have no plans. You're, you're not doing anything. You don't have a plan. You don't, you're not being productive. You're just, you're just you know, uh, again, having no intention. I can sit now, and I, this used to just drive me crazy at the beginning. I was going to ask you if you've always been able to do this. No. Right? Oh, my no. gosh. My brain would go bonkers like, uh, you got to be productive. You can't sit around and do nothing. And now I can stare at a spot on the ceiling while I'm laying on the bed for hours. And, you know, I think you gotta, you can't do that for, you know, your whole day, but, but comfortable with it now. And I think that's important. And why is that good? Because the research will tell us that's where innovation comes from. That's where creativity comes from. That's when our big ideas come. It's not when we're in the hustle bustle. It's when we back away from the hustle and bustle and we just let our mind wander. And you just, you know, it's amazing what you can come up with. I've gotten really good at connecting dots from different parts of, of my, my life. I absolutely believe that is, is because of COVID and practicing downtime. And then the last uh, of the seven is time in or mindfulness and or reflection. I've always been pretty good at reflection. The mindfulness is something that, that I'm still working on. But those, it's so important to, to spend some time in reflection. So those seven components of the healthy mind, and I will post a, a blog post to this. If you want to read a little bit more about the healthy mind, I'll put this in the show notes. But that, I'm starting to schedule this into, you know, I, I fill out my day. You know, I do some time blocking with my day. And now I very purposely say, time off. Where I have time in my day, where, and I don't, I don't, right now, I'm not specifying what that time off is. I get to choose what that time off looks like for me, but I make sure that, that I'm scheduling that into my days now to take care of my mental health and to you know keep myself in a good place. And so that again, is just one of those things that I've picked up from our guests that I'm, I'm putting into action. I, I don't know, Tara, have you done anything similar to that? I am lucky in the sense of, I'd say lucky, but I have always been able to completely chill out. I spend a lot of time living in Europe and this is how the Europeans live, right? The Europeans find time to sit on a park bench without their cell phone. So they know how to sit and unplug. And I, I was lucky to learn from them. They know how to eat slow. They know how to do everything slow. They know how to wander and walk and close their shop doors at 5 p.m. no matter how many people still want to shop in their stores. And I, I love that way of life and have been able to kind of keep it to some extent. I will say I have failed a lot this year, but so I've had to really work hard to get it back. But 
what helps me, and this is kind of a new feeling, mostly in the last two years, is you said noble leisure. And this is a great thing to look up. In fact, we'll put it in the show notes, noble leisure. And I didn't actually know that term before we met John. And I, I did some research and I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. It's basically when you are noble, when you're a noble, when you're a king or queen, you spend, if you've seen period pieces, you spend a lot of time sitting around doing whatever you want to do eating whatever you want to eat. Why? Because you are living in luxury. You own your time. And I think that concept for me of own my time, I'm in charge. I'm my boss, even though I have other bosses in life, right? I am my boss and I own my time and I make space to do the things, gosh darn it, that I deserve to have. And sometimes that's just a really, really nice breakfast, (laughs) (laughs) an hour long breakfast, because gosh, darn it, I deserve it. And finding that what you deserve, I think is just for me, there's a lot of fulfillment there. So I don't know if that helps anyone else. It can even take us into our last guest that we wanted to talk about Janelle, which was podcast number eight. Janelle is, she coins her term of the mindful minute which she explains as being taking a minute. She takes several of these minutes scattered throughout the day, but even once a day, taking a minute to sit and calm your mind, right? Do a mental push-up. I know when I first started doing push-ups, I could only do like five. And then if I just kept doing them every day, I could do like 75, right? So same thing with this, taking a minute to kind of clear some space, sit with yourself, even if you think it's ridiculous, whether you want to call it meditation or not, and start owning that one minute of your time and just focusing on your breathing or focusing on anything that kind of relaxes your body and your mind. Ron actually asked her a question during our podcast. Again, that's podcast number eight. Don't miss it. It was such a good one about anxiety. I think the statistics on anxiety, especially amongst college students, and I would say I'd go even as far as high school students during 2020, because it's been quite a year to do your schooling from home, but anxiety rules our nation. And Ron asked a question, and I love her response and how it turns into kind of handling things during COVID. But anxiety is really about what we think is going to happen or what we think about what already did happen in a unproductive way. Like if you think of your mind like an an iPod, the way that I see it, right? The play button is where we want to live. We can productively think and fast forward and plan for the future, productively think and rewind and reflect on the past. When pressure is applied, what happens on that iPod is now we're catastrophizing right? Because we go into survival mode because if we haven't built up those psychological skills, right? We start to go into survival mode and we're uh, catastrophizing about the future or we're regretting and ruminating over the past, which is where that anxiety is. And so, yeah, I think you're right. Like the more we can tap into just being in the moment, here's the other thing. How many of us live our lives, uh, stressful moment to stressful moment to stressful moment, and we make this deal inside our head and we say, as soon as I'm done with this degree or this job or this project, I'll finally take care of myself. Or as soon as I'm done with this particular position that I'm in or whatever task or I will finally pay attention to my family, right? We, we do that. We take, we make these deals and then what happens is we hit the milestone and then there's another one right behind us. So we make another deal. And in the meantime, 
we miss the spaces between. And what I mean by that is where joy lives, where you see love, where you see learning, where you see laughter, right? Like we mind wander through all of those spaces because all we see is like the stressor and the stressor and the stressor in front of us. And so I know from, from my experience, I lived a lot of my life just seeing the stress and the hard work to the point where even at the points in my life where I had the most success, I was the most miserable. And so I think that's the problem today that we, for many of us face today is especially in, in this uncertain world of the pandemic, right? We treat it like, oh my God, I, don't, I can't plan anything. So I don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. Well, none of us ever know what's gonna happen tomorrow. Uncertainty is like a fact of life, right? But it seems way worse right now, <laughs> right? Because that's our perception of how we're interacting with our environment. And I think it's all we see every day is you just see that there's a pandemic going on and there's uncertainty in the world. And if you stopped for a minute and some of us just slowed down and looked around, I think we'd see that there's still laughter and there's still love and there's still learning. And there's still like all these great things in front of us. They just get blurred out by the stressors in our life. Words of wisdom from Janelle. You know, as we start to wrap this up, our first, and we're going to call this a solo podcast. We're going to do a few more of these as we go through uh, the new year. Tara and I are going to share some of our thoughts and, and give you a chance to get to know us a little bit better in between all the great guests uh, that we're, we're going to be booking in. So stay with us. This is going to be fun as we go into 2021. And I would just add that, you know, when Tara and I decided to do this, one of the things that we, we said, number one, why are we going to do this? And I think we both kind of came to the conclusion of something we enjoy and, you know, talking to smart people is, is fun and we get to learn and, and be, you know, kind of students. It's, it's been amazing for me to, to talk to all these people that I would never normally talk to. It, it's opened up a door that I don't want to close. And so Tara and I started out this, we said, okay, we're going to do this for six months and then we're going to reevaluate. And it's almost like, are we ready to, you know, re-up on our lease, you know, at the end of six months? Is it worth our time and our energy to continue going? And here we are two months in and roughly 10 episodes. And, and I think we're both kind of smiling at each other like, yeah, baby. Oh this yeah, is, sign this, us up, yeah. right? This has been way more fun than I thought it was going to be. So Expect we're not going away anytime soon. We appreciate everything you guys have done. And, and I'll just tell you, I appreciate all of you listening. I mean, you know, I expected that I would get 10 or 15 of my close friends that would listen to this. Mom and, and dad. And yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> right. it's been way bigger than that. Hopefully uh, you would agree we're, we're bringing something entertaining and valuable to you. I, I think that at the end of the day is what we're trying to do. Entertainment and, and value. And so, but we need, we need more. And the reason we need more, as you know, if you're listening uh, to our podcasts, there are, these are all incredible people that have gone through really hard things and come out better on the other side, sharing their stories. And so the more people we can share with, especially going into this new year, I think the better everyone will be for it. So please, please help us push our podcast, share with Three of your friends go to our social pages. All of those are in the show notes. Like us on Facebook, share your stories, share what you like, what you don't like. Find us on Instagram and on LinkedIn and, and follow and be a part of basically us bringing difficult conversations 
out in the open and sharing some real world stories from some pretty impressive people. Give us a rating. It gets us up in the ratings. And and once we get up in the ratings, we just draw more people in. And as I like to say, or we both like to say, we're trying to create a revolution here. And the only way you have a revolution is when you have, you know, people that that are uh, involved and engaged. And so we're hoping that you can help us in, in 2021 as, as we, rocket up the, the charts. Let's wrap this puppy up by doing putting putting ourselves on the spot like we put all of our guests on the spot with the last signature question of forging metal, which is Ron, I'm going to ask you when it comes to mental toughness, resilience and grit, what's your advice for everybody listening that they can actually use daily? Tara, I've already gave all my good answers. No, that's not true. <laughs> uh, I'm fresh uh, out. It, it, I, let me let me reiterate a couple of things I talked about because I think they're important. Don't let one bad day turn into two. Give yourself some grace. Allow yourself to be human. Allow yourself to have a bad day. And I think it's it's really important right now during COVID, but I think it's important anytime to not expect perfection out of yourself. And that is never the message you're going to hear from us on, on Forging Metal. That one, I would also reiterate the idea, and I think Shannon Huffman-Polson talked about this in her podcast, got to recover. You got to rest. You got to use, you know, some of those things that, that John, John Fitch talks about. You got to use some things you to be, you know, to have grit, to have resilience, to have mental toughness, you need some downtime. And so you can't always be on, you can't always be tough. You got to have those moments when, when you, when you're not all right. And that's all, that's not bad. Again, give, you, give yourself grace with that as well. So those, I think I would reiterate those two. And then I think one of the things are, that has really helped me, especially as we come into winter months right now, in, in, at least in the United States, most of the United States, it's tough when you're isolated in a pandemic and now it's you know 15 degrees out and snowing and you don't want to get outside. One of the things that's really helped me, and I struggled last winter, by the way, because of this, and I, I've adapted. And one of the things I'm, I'm putting on my list, kind of a, a, a kind of a checklist for a good day is get outside, get some fresh air, get, you know, it could be an overcast day and you can still get sunlight. You need to get that vitamin D. You need to get fresh air. You need to get sunshine. You need to get out of your apartment or your house. But, but I always feel better when I, even if it's a 15 minute walk with my dog, I come back and I go, okay, I feel recharged from that. And it's not a cure-all. It's not a, it's not a panacea. It's not going to, it's not everything, but, but I would say as we go through these winter months, try to force yourself to get outside and, and, you know, use this experiment. Does it work for you? I always say this has worked for me. If it doesn't work for you, do it a few times. If it doesn't work, abandon it. But I, but I would say more likely, and the research will back this up. You will feel better if you get outside, get a little fresh air, and get out of your, your living space. So that would be my advice for uh, building your mental toughness, resilience, and grit. Tara, what about you? Talk to and surround yourself with people that are better and smarter than you are. Learn. And the more, the more I learn about feelings that I have or things that I'm going through or what's happening to other people, it normalizes what's going on. And once you can normalize the story or the stories going on in your head, it it kind of just chills everything out for you. And so talking to and reading and researching or listening to and just surrounding yourself, I think, with people that are better than you 
can really kind of help in some of those situations. And one of my big inspirers who is no longer with us, a man named Jim Rohn, who spent, it's a rags to riches story, right? He was a farmer, I think in Idaho, and went on to be a very, very successful multimillionaire entrepreneur. Once he made all of his money in about five years, he went on to inspire other people around the world to basically expand their imagination into what they thought they could become. And I just, I love that. That's part of what Ron and I are are hoping to achieve, not only in our professional lives at the university, but also uh, in our coaching lives and also with this podcast, which is to just help everyone be their best self. Like what an achievement. I would feel like my life's purpose was totally done if I could just help a handful of people become their best self. And this quote from Jim is a little bit of a harsh one, but one that I heard 20 years ago, and it changed so many things in my life. And it is a bit harsh, so I warn you, but you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with in your life. And when I had an older, wiser mentor tell me that, that really at the age of like 25 made me start evaluating the world a lot differently. And when we are so isolated, especially think about the five people that you spend the most time with in your life. And are they helping you to expand your imagination as to who you can become and if you can become your best self being around them? And if not... (laughs) Well, I'll leave, I'll leave that decision to you, but that advice has really changed my life and I hope it changes someone else's. Happy new year, everyone. We'll see you yes. in 2021. 2021, baby. It's, it's, it, it, can it be worse? I don't know. Maybe it could, but uh, let's just, let's just say it's going to be better. There, there's, there's better things ahead. I, I like to be optimistic, but I'm ready to dodge the, the slings and arrows of whatever may come in 2021 as I would uh, hope all of you do as well. Here's high hopes for a, a better year in 2021. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us this week. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell all your friends. If you didn't, let's just forget this happened and we'll try again next week. Until then, join the revolution to forge metal and connect with us on social media.